Hello and welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. We're a dad and daughter football podcast discussing all things English football uh, from myself, Lauren. And me, Graham. And there were some midweek matches. We're into December now, first podcast in December, which is very exciting, uh, which means it's going to be a jam-packed Christmas festive season really for football so we're going to go straight into it dad and uh, the lineup for the podcast I'm going to be discussing or I'm going to be putting forward a new chant to you as well as talking about the Ballon d'Or. Well, well I've got a, a little thing on uh, Ralph the new uh, Man United chap. Nice. Well, talking of the Ballon d'Or, that's going to be my warm-up conversation um, for this week and this podcast. And um, it's a kind of like pros and cons, really. I was looking at the shortlist for this year and the top, out of the top 29 players, they ranked them in order for the Ballon d'Or. 14, so just under, well, yeah, about half, were from the Premier League. So that's great to see a lot of uh, nominees or from the Ballon d'Or being from the Premier League. Uh, for example, Phil Foden was 25th. Harry Kane was 23rd. I think Harry Kane would definitely be wanting to be pushing higher than that but um the top three i'd like to get your thoughts on what or where you stand with the top three so in third you had Jorginho, um obviously plays for chelsea won the champions league with chelsea and won the world cup with italy we are pretty pretty happy about him getting third spot oh definitely i think he could have been higher than that possibly he's uh yeah he's very steady Lewandowski uh from bayern munich got second place so it's kind of I don't think they did it in 2020 because obviously I don't know with the COVID and things like that so it's had a year off but um, in his previous season for Bund- in the Bundesliga he got 34 goals he should have won it really do you reckon yeah definitely I think I was saying that between Ronaldo and Messi they've won it 12 years consecutively between the two of them I think it was just Modric broke them up one year so uh, do you think this was the year that Lewandowski could have potentially broken up that little Messi-Ronaldo partnership definitely uh, and uh, yeah and like I was talking about Messi he won it this year seventh time winner um, it's hard to argue against Messi I think he single-handedly did a did a good job for Barcelona in a team that was really struggling so he won it again I probably thought I'm with you actually I'm agreeing that I thought Lewandowski for the age that he is and the consistency and the goals that he's scoring is, is ridiculous but um top top class all three of them really kick off uh, what are you kicking off about this week dad uh, I just think there's. I've started to spot a bit more diving recently, and um, especially in the Premier League. Just, I think the refs have done a good job of letting things go, and it's got a bit more uh, free flowing. But um, yeah, you see some of them, and you know, there's a potential nick, and then three or four strides later, they're rolling over. I can't remember the other week somebody was rolling over about fourteen times. I mean, yeah. so I just think it's not necessary. I think if I was a manager, I'd tell them to get up and get on with it. And a couple of times, I can't remember who it was the day, somebody actually uh, stopped and turned round when they had a good chance of uh, having a shot on goal mm. uh, for a handball. And you think, what What are you doing? Have a shot. If it's yeah. handball, the referee will blow. So yeah, I'm, I'm getting a bit fed up with some of these uh, But they are getting antics. carded for it, aren't they? The well, diving? not always, not always. But even so, why do, Why should you do it in the first place? It's just daft, really. Well, it's funny. As someone that's taught football before, actually a lot of the young kids that I've taught tend to dive. It's like they're copying it on the TV and they do generally now actually can see them. Especially the really good ones. They're the ones that um, definitely play up and try and do some more diving. So I agree. We need to try and get rid of that. Um, well, my kickoff, actually 
really similar, very similar. Um, in the Wolves match, it was nil-nil versus Liverpool. I mean, this is a Liverpool team that's doing amazing, and and Wolves are putting a, a very good defensive afternoon. And Connor Cody did a ridiculous block on save on the line, and it's the you know we're into extra time. I think it was Hoover comes on in the 92nd minute. He's a substitute, and he's travelling the ball up the pitch. And you're thinking, right, you're in the 92nd minute. It's nil-nil. As a fan, I'd be pretty happy with that. Obviously, it's nice to try and go for the glory, but probably as a Wolves fan, I probably would have taken him to go into the corner and trying to keep possession. But instead, he he, he dives, basically, tries to get a free kick, doesn't get the free kick, gives away possession. And then Liverpool do what they do best and uh, get a goal off at a Rigi scores. So it's kind of linked, really, the fact that he was diving, but also... In that moment, he's a substitute. I know he's got a lot of energy. He's come on the pitch and wants to have an impact. But I probably, in hindsight, it's very easy to say he should have gone into the corner. Um, do you reckon a more maybe senior player, someone with a bit more, I don't know, Nelson would have just taken it into the corner? Or do you think at nil-nil at Wolves, he was fair play to try and run into the uh, run and go for it? No, I think he, as you say, should have played for the draw. But that's a cracking result. And uh, they went from a point to nothing. So, yeah. Half-time turnaround. Well, there's a lot to be chatting about this week because um, I should have said as well, we're covering prim- uh, Premier League Championship, FA Cup second round. There's a couple of League One matches. Was there any League Two matches at all this week? No, not no. at all, no. Um, so my half-time turnaround, I could have picked a couple, but I've gone into the Premier League at London Stadium, uh, West Ham versus Chelsea. And it was three goals in the last 15 minutes of the first half and it was 2-1 to Chelsea. So you're thinking... Uh, when they got the goal back, I think it was Mason Mount in the 44th minute, you're thinking, oh, it's just not going to be West Ham this afternoon. And, and David Moyes, doing David Moyes, must have given them quite the team talk. They came out way more aggressive, not as passive, and were trying to close down the ball, in particular Bowen, um, who, who scored 56th minute to make it 2-2 and then um, a good substitute from David Moyes I think he had to ta- um, it wasn't tactical he had to because of injuries and um, 87th minute the sub Masuaku scores it was a bizarre goal I Did think I think he meant it when I, wa- I did when I watched it I thought I'm sure he meant that and nobody else oh thought gosh. that not a single, I don't think he did not a single Slice pundit it. did but I had a weird feeling that he saw the keeper where he was because he could yeah. see he wasn't in a good position well, it was a great goal and um, they Brilliant. ended up winning 3-2 to, to, to come back from losing 2-1 at halftime to Chelsea to then win 3-2. Yeah, I'm giving West Ham my uh, halftime turnover. Well, mine's a bit boring, but I've got kind of one on a bit. So, um, Exeter at Cambridge in the FA Cup, um, one and up in 10 minutes. Uh, Cambridge got back to 1-1 and uh, kept going and going in the second half. Uh, managed to get a, uh, it was a bit strange actually because Nib got a 88th minute winner, which was disallowed straight away. And then the Cambridge players moaned and groaned, and then it was given back again. <laughs> right. So, uh, and then the Exeter players weren't very happy, I'm sure. But uh, make your mind up, Rev. No VAR, of course. And then um, they missed a penalty in the 99th minute. So back from 1-0 uh, down to winning 2-1. Mark Bonner, 36-year-old uh, manager. Uh, no playing highlights. So uh, be interested to see how he gets on at Cambridge. And just a mention of uh, Leeds, because they were 1-0 down going into... Um, Added on time, Manu came off the bench and scored. Bamford. Patrick Bamford. No surprise there. So uh, I bet the fans heaved a massive sigh of relief to see him, his gangly legs back on the pitch. So, yeah, brilliant comeback for, uh, not just for Leeds, but for Bamford. So they'd probably think that's them safe this year, getting him back in in this game. I think so, Yeah. yeah.
second half, something positive from football. Well, I, I, met, I mentioned Messi. I'm going to mention his rival, Ronaldo, because it was obviously midweek fixtures. It was Man U versus Arsenal. It was a great match, 3-2. And um, Ronaldo scored twice in that match to make it his 800th career goal. Um, breaking the stats down, 129 now for United, 450 for Real Madrid, 101 for Juventus, 5 for Sporting, and um, for his country, 115. But to score over 100, well, over 400 for Real Madrid, but to score over 100 goals for three different clubs, that's ridiculous because you get a lot of people that might do really well at one club, struggle at another, or like Messi, stay at one club and get a lot. But I think Ronaldo, for me, that's why I think he tips it over Messi, the fact that he's been able to travel to different clubs as well, mm. different countries, and still be prolific. And he's 36 years old. It's just ridiculous. I mean, he's fit as a fiddle. Could he get to 1,000? Probably not. He'll oh. have to pay to 40-plus. Crikey. Drop down the leagues and get some goals in lower leagues or... Mm. Go abroad again or whatever, back to Portugal, play for Madeira. Do you reckon he'd ever go into management? Um, I think he's probably have a good rest, won't he, when he finishes. I'm not sure he's a manager yeah. um, candidate, but um, he's still fit as a fed eel. He couldn't play for another three or four years if he's injury-free, so you know, I mean, that would be wonderful to get a 1,000 goals. That would be. The two of them, him and Messi, I don't think either of them really have had much injury problems up no. there which is uh, ridiculous but feel very lucky to be watching someone like Ronaldo still keep going and in years to time he definitely still will be held as one of the greatest footballers oh, of all well, time definitely. and of course he's, I was going to give a bit of a rave to Ralph Ragnick who's now uh, managing uh, Ronaldo yeah of and, course yeah. Uh, he's going to be getting him running like a nutcase he's once pressing monsters was his was his uh, quote so I haven't I seen Ronaldo press like a monster before yeah, that's he, anything he will do now they'll drop him I think but he is um He's got a very clear way of playing, and um, I think he's. Uh, I didn't see his first interview, but it was brilliant. He's a really interesting character. He's already said, "Oh, I might want to stay." You never know. So right. <laughs> I think they're uh, super keen on getting Pochettino there. I'm not quite sure why, personally, mm. but uh, hey ho. But yeah, Ralph, he's going to add some spice to the league. I think he could get in the top four now. Oh wow, that's a big call. Right, my chart for the week. Um, I'm going to a number one hit. In 1980, this US band's only number one hit, it was a number one for two weeks, and this chant is going to the Liverpool fans. So the song is Odyssey's Use It Up and Wear It Out, and I'm going specifically to the chorus. So as a Liverpool fan, this will be in Anfield, we would go, we got red in, blue out, ain't nothing left in this whole world we care about, except one, two, three, Sadio Mane now. Come on, no. I didn't get any of that. I mean, the blue in, red out. No, I know that wasn't. Well, what do you think? It's worst ever. Oh, no. It's a two or something like that. I mean, they've got a brilliant Sadio Mane chat. Uh, Which one was that? Is that the... um... Salah. So, oh, oh yeah, um, Mo Salah, Mo Salah. They got Mane down the wing or whatever it is. They've got. I mean, they've got they've some. Got the some the Liverpool fans aren't sure it's a good chance, so they won't be adopting them. <laughs> Right, final whistle where we round up the football from over the weekend and there's lots to talk about. I'm going to be discussing the Premier League. Um, Man City moved top after their 3-1 win at Vicarage Road um, versus Watford, of course. Two goals from Bernardo Silva, who's now got five goals in his last five matches. Um, So they're on 35 points and that's seven consecutive wins in all competitions for Man City. Um, And Watford are three points above Burnley and the drop zone. And I do almost get in deja vu with the form that they're starting to 
to pick up around Christmas. I think Liverpool and Chelsea will look at last season and think, yeah, well, Man City can show that they can put several wins in a row together and this could be the start of it. So they're, de- they're looking um, very, very deadly. And then you've got Chelsea. They dropped to third after losing 3-2 to West Ham, like I said earlier. Uh, five matches in the last five matches, Chelsea have drawn 2-1-2 two, two, and lost one. So people are just saying they're starting to just be a little bit wobbly, but still, I think, again, with injuries, it's a bit harder to, to judge. And West Ham have now closed the gap on Chelsea to six points. Liverpool have made it four Premier League wins in a row. Um, as I said earlier, dramatic 95th minute winner from Origi versus Wolves. And also good wins on Sunday for Tottenham and Man U seem to be getting that whole new manager, a new boost. And um, yeah, both of them seeming to close down the gap a little bit. And then towards the bottom of the table, finally, Newcastle won their first win of the season. uh, 1-0 versus struggling Burnley. They are both level on points with 10 points, but I think Burnley have got a game in hand. And Norwich remain bottom after losing 3-0 to Spurs. Championship, some uh, top-of-the-table clashes. Obviously, the big one was Fulham-Bournemouth, which was played on Friday night. Uh, None on half-time. Then um, I managed to watch the second half, or bits of it. And Solanke scored an absolute cracker straight from the kickoff. Obviously, something did tried in training. Oh, wow. Put the ball down, sorted it out. Ten seconds later, one nil. It was brilliant, to be fair. Uh, I was his 17th of the season, just doing brilliant. And then Tossin, the one who used to play for Rovers City. I wasn't sure if he's still on loan, but he isn't. He's actually on the books now. At the centre-back. Uh, yeah, yeah. He's actually on the books now. He scored an equaliser in the 84th minute. His first goal for um, Fulham. So, 1-1 one, one full-time. So, uh, pretty good, actually. Then Coventry, West Brom, two teams in and out of form. Three successive draws for West Brom. Both teams weren't in particularly great form. Uh, but West Brom, thankfully for them, came back to life. 4,500 fans in the 23,000 crowd. Carlin Grant got the first goal. His ninth away goal of the season, which is pretty good. Uh, but it was their first goal for 315 minutes. Goodness me. Uh, McFad's and own goal was the second uh, he managed to get a one for Coventry in the second half, but it was still 2-1. So a cracking win for West Brom. They needed it. Coventry have only won one of the last five home games. Uh, not one in four. West Brom's first win in five. So desperately needed. Sheffield United were at Cardiff. Cardiff won them up at half-time. Then Morris and the skipper got sent off in the 52nd minute. And uh, Sheffield United uh, did really well. Got to 3-1. Uh, although they got a goal back, Cardiff. But uh, yeah. Up to, up to 10th now, uh, Sheffield United, four points off the playoffs. So I think Sheffield United got a good enough squad and a good enough manager that they could uh, actually get into the playoffs if they keep going because some of the playoff teams seem to be wobbling around a bit. So uh, still that big gap at the top, now six points between Fulham top, Bournemouth second, uh, West Brom third, and amazingly, Blackburn. Come on, uh, Rovers. Thanks to uh, the Chilean whiz, uh, Brayton Diaz, who scored the goal, winning goal against Preston there in 36 points. Down the bottom, Derby just about in positive one point. Barnsley 13 after a draw in the local Derby with Huddersfield and Peterborough lost at Forest 16 points. League One, just the two matches. Obviously a lot of FA Cup stuff that we're going to be talking about. Local Derby, is it? Accrington Stanley versus Fleetwood? Is that a local Local-ish, Derby? Local issue, local issue. Six goals. Not quite so much a thriller though because it was a bit of a hammering. Uh, Aki Stanley got five and uh, Fleetwood only managed to get one goal but really not helped by the 23rd minute uh, red card for Daniel Batty. Uh, since that red card, that's when all those six goals came in really. So Aki Stanley uh, 13th and Fleetwood really struggling this season. They're third from bottom and four points adrift of um, to get out of the bottom places. And then the other 
other match, two teams that have done really well and both in the playoff places, Sunderland versus Oxford, kind of predictably was a, a draw 1-1. Oxford now unbeaten in seven matches and uh, Sunderland a fifth, uh, two points off Rotherham and Wigan, who are those top two spots and uh, Oxford a seventh, just one point off those playoffs. Buxton down in the seventh tier, uh, early kickoff on Saturday against Morecambe, close match, but uh, Cole Stockton uh, got the uh, winner for Morecambe in the 29th minute, so uh, well done to Morecambe, who get into the third round draw. Uh, you then got Doncaster versus Mansfield, so uh, Mansfield from uh, League 2 going to Doncaster of League 1, Doncaster struggling in the league though, just sacked the manager Richie Wellens. Uh, and sure enough Mansfield uh, won 3-2, so a cracking win for Nigel Clough. Uh, over 7,000 fans there. Will Forrester, who's on loan from Stoke, scored for uh, Mansfield, who were uh, looking pretty good. That's had a good run in the league. And now they've got the chance of a big team in the third round. So well done, Mansfield. And then the last FA Cup from me, Yeovil versus Stevenage. Yeovil are in National League, Stevenage in League Two. But Yeovil, obviously famous, might not be obvious to you, it's the famous giant killers from years ago. And they won 1-0, Charlie Wakefield got the goal. It's the 21st time that Yeovil have knocked league team out of the FA wow. Cup as a non-league team. They were the one that they beat everybody over the years. <laughs> uh, and they've got a chance again because they're now in the third round, uh, third round draw. So well done to Yeovil. Also in the second round of the FA Cup, just a few matches worth highlighting. AFC Wimbledon versus Cheltenham Town, both Obviously in League One, Cheltenham were 12th in the league, Wimbledon are 17th in the league. But worth noting, uh, noting really, because it was a seven-goal thriller, 4-3 to Wimbledon in the end, 21 shots in the match. Um, and uh, Mark Robinson, the manager for Wimbledon, would be very, very happy with that result. And then um, Ipswich versus Barrow. Obviously Ipswich, 11th in League One, seemed to be doing all right pretty much, plodding along uh, Barrow towards the bottom of League Two. They're in 20th position. Um, but it was 0-0 in the end, so a good result for Barrow. It led to Ipswich sacking their boss, Paul Cook, after the results. So it just shows, obviously, they were just fed up by the end and they kind of expected to win that one, I think. And um, two teams had never met each other in a competitive encounter. So uh, Barrow will be chuffed with the um, replay for that one, won't they? Very chuffed. I think it's the only replay as well. I don't, oh, I don't right. think there's any other draws on the That's Saturday matches. Yeah. Uh, maybe on the Sunday matches, but that means that there's a good chance it'll be on the telly as well, I'd have thought. Yeah, that's exciting. And the last match, Portsmouth versus Harrogate Town. Portsmouth are ninth in League One. Harrogate Town are doing pretty well in League Two. They're seventh. And it was a 2-1 win to Harrogate Town going into the match. Portsmouth had won all their last four matches, so they really had a lot of form. Um, but it was a real upset, really, for Harrogate Town getting that 2-1 win. It was a 95th-minute winner from Jack Diamond. And um, it was the first time in the club's history that they've reached the FA Cup third round. So I think Harrogate Town in League Two will be desperate for a, for a big team. That's right now, third round, is that yeah, when? Yeah, yeah. Is be, that Championship be, and Premier League coming? Yeah, yeah, they'll be desperate for Leeds. I'd have thought that would be there. Oh, um, is that the nearest? Yeah, yeah, Yorkshire, big Yorkshire team. So, yeah, well done, Harrogate. That's brilliant. Touch. It's not, it doesn't seem to be, There wasn't. it wasn't an exciting FA Cup day, but I think there's um, some good teams going into the third round who are going to scare a few of the uh, Premiership and Championship teams. In the National League, a couple of matches we're talking about. Barnet, who were up to 13th with a 3-0 win over Maidenhead. That's three wins in a row. So Barnet were very, very favourites for relegation. Started a bit slow, but they're on a real cracking run. So well done, Barnet. And then Wrexham went to Dover. There was only ever going to be one result, you'd thought. Dover, who were rock bottom and minus points, and Wrexham were flying up the table. Wrexham did win, but it was... Um, Jordan Davis uh, in the 80-something, 84th minute, I think, 
23-year-old. He's got five in 16 matches. Interesting character, actually. Uh, he played for Wrexham, then went to Brighton, uh, and now he's come back to Wrexham full-time. So, um, so yeah, a desperately needed win. But Dover, I mean, they seem to be uh, doing quite well, Dover. One of these times they'll actually win and uh, they might get into plus points by the end of the season. You never know. Um, so, yeah, so the um, table, quite a few teams obviously playing in the uh, FA Cup. So Chesterfield's still top, Bournemouth second, Bromley third. And down the bottom, Dover, they were uh, on minus quite a lot. Kings Lynn and Maidenhead. Well, you keep teeing it up quite nicely to go from Barnet in the National League to Barnet of the Week. And my Barnet of the Week is going to the Watford goal scorer who managed to get a goal back versus um, Man City, even though they lost 3-1. He's a Colombian 22-year-old. don't really know much about him, Cucho Hernandez. Um, but I can say that he's got a very bright and obvious Barnet of the Week. He's got adopted the Europe look of Phil Foden, the bright blonde look, and also going for a bit of a Mohican as well, which you don't really see much these days. I'm not sure whether I'm picking it out because I enjoy it, but I'm picking it out because it's uh, quite a barnet to keep your eye on. I, I hope that the Mohican might grow out, but you never know. He might keep going with the Mohican. So, oh, um, yeah, Cucho Hernandez getting I'll my have, barnet of the week. I'll have a look for that. I think the other, yeah. one of his right, one of his uh, colleagues there, is it Dennis? I think he'd get Tash Dennis. of the week. Oh, has he got a moustache? Hey, he's he? got a good Tash, more of Ember and all. Oh, yeah, yeah, he's nice. got a good Tash, Dennis, worth having a look at. Yeah. My barnet the week is Barnet for a good win. Oh, no, it isn't. Right. Sorry, I'm only joking. <laughs> gonna say. My Barnet of the week is Cole Stockton, who was a 27-year-old Morecambe striker uh, who scored the winning goal against Stockton. And yeah, he's got... Like you a good Google Barnet, it, it, he's got very thick black locks. Very, nice. very smart, actually. And um, I think he could be uh, third round if he gets a big team. It could get mentioned Ooh. on Match of the Day FA Cup Special. Right, that's it for Football Chants and Rants with the plants. We are on social media. We're on Twitter. Just are search. We? Yeah, we are. Oh, Do you, are you aware of any social media platforms? Uh, Google. Ticked, oh, no, God, Google. Um, right, that's it. We will be back. You can have your say on social media, even if Dad doesn't know what it is. I'm sure most people know uh, how to have a say. At Plants and Rants is our handle. You're aware what a handle is, of course, Dad? On a door. Right, okay. Um, and we'll be back next week with some more Football Chants and Rants the Plants next week. And we'll see you then. <laughs>